Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Robin Cloud, the host of Dear Queer. It's a brand new podcast where every week I sit down with a talented and brilliant member and or ally of the queer community to tackle your most important questions. We're looking at topics ranging from sex, relationships, money, work, that terrible roommate that's been driving you crazy. And, well, just about everything, because the struggle is real. I'm a diehard Brooklynite, stand-up comic, and filmmaker, and I love advice columns. And I thought, well, if I could do anything with a podcast, I'd want to give advice to people in my community. So that's why we started Dear Queer. I'm here, ready to take all your questions. You can email us at dearqueerradio at gmail.com. We're down to answer anything. Not advice from your grandma or your moms. Nope. Advice from the best friends that you wish you had. So don't be shy. You can email all of your questions to dearqueerradio at gmail.com. Nicole Dennis-Ben is the author of the debut novel, Here Comes the Sun. Dennis-Ben is a Lambda Literary Award winner. In addition, her debut novel has received much acclaim, including a New York Times Notable Book of the Year. She has been named a finalist for the Center for Fiction First Novel Prize, the National Book Critics Circle John Leonard Award, and the New York Public Library Young Lions Award. Please welcome. Nicole Dennis-Ben. Yes, hi. How are you? Hello, how are you? Good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. This is so exciting. It is. And also for your first show as well. This is... Episode one. Exactly, exactly. Episode one. So I'm really um, excited to talk about, you know, Here Comes the Sun Mm -hmm. in addition to, you know, other things. But... um, Let's start with the reading. Okay, so for those of you who are not familiar with Here Comes the Sun, it follows the lives of um, three women who are living on the outskirts of Montego Bay in a fictional town called Riverbank. And um, it's really about how they deal with a large hotel resort moving into their community and displacing them. So it taps into identity, race, class, sexuality, and displacement on the island of Jamaica, which is sold to the world as a paradise. But Here Comes the Sun is really about the other side of that paradise, the people, the women behind that fantasy. So the excerpt I'm about to read to you is Dolores, who is the main, one of the main characters in Here Comes the Sun, So which is really a monologue. Dolores comes close to Tandy, her arms open as if to embrace her. Tandy's prepared to rest her head against her mother's big breasts. She's ready to drop her shoulders and let her mother rub them, tell her that it'll be all right, that Clover got what he deserved. The embrace is a sweet one, one Tandy had forgotten until now. Her mother's love is as vicious and domineering as her personality. Once it's felt, there's none other like it. Tandy relaxes in Dolores' embrace, allowing herself to be rocked back and forth like a baby. But then it's cut short. Slowly, Dolores pries Tandy off her and holds her at arm's length. I want you to come to your senses and turn that boy in. Everything happened for a reason, and that was it, Dolores says. Do it for all away. He was defending me, Tandy says. The devil is a liar. Him kick you down? But it don't mean you can't get back up and use the tool him fling give you. What Clover did is history, something long gone. So put it behind you and do the right thing. It means a brute mama, shh. You go and pay for cursing the dead. Dolores pulls Tandy closer again and rocks her in her bosom. She smells like the green banana she sliced up. She runs her fingers through Tandy's hair as she speaks. You and that boy Charles shouldn't mix in the first place. As me say, you go take up with a street boy, then you must at least get something out of it. Forget about what Clover did. That won't set you free. 
It's enough woman it happened to, and it didn't kill them. What will set you free is money. Don't someone ever teach you that? I send you to good school for good reasons, yes? But it's also for you to learn common sense. You think because Charles same love you that you worth something? You think because him same want you that he mean it? That he's not wanting him after and when him get it him run? What is this lovey? You don't know nothing but no love. Love is foolish. You ever see love put running water in a pipe? You ever see love build a roof over your head? You ever see love give you free education, especially to those children whose parents can't afford it? You ever see love hand with visa to get anywhere far from this rat hole? What can love do for you? How you gonna love a stranger when you don't even know what love is? It will just take advantage of you and walk away. You have to get your return in dollars, not cents. And besides, who gonna want a naive girl like you? But suppose him did really want you. Could you really love somebody who is an absolute fool when it comes down to these things? Somebody who green? You wouldn't want that and neither would he. You're giving him everything for free. Boys like trippy girls like that. They take one look at your black face and know you're desperate enough to spread your legs at the first compliment. They see your true color before you tell them your name. They know they can't tell you anything and your black self believe it and accept it. Cause we so used to getting the leftovers. Who you know really love a black girl for more than what's between our legs? You's a pretty black girl, but it's my duty as your mother to teach you these things. Put something in your head, child. You know how much money we could have get? 10,000 US dollars. That can take you from here to eternity. Pay for your education and everything. Use your head, child. You can't place more value on this boy and his foolish love over money. If it means a little to you, then you lose everything. Remember this, nobody love a black girl, not even ourselves. Now get up and get your pay. Yeah, that's Dolores. Tough love. Yes. Tough love from mama. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's so beautiful, so lyrical. I mean, every, just like hearing you read it, I read the book and it's amazing, but like hearing you read it, I mean, it's just, it's so visual. What inspired um, this book? Oh my gosh, a lot of things inspired this book. So I left Jamaica when I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I left for several reasons. Um, of course, there was the race and class dynamic. There was also homophobia, you know, because I came up to myself as a lesbian and telling myself I cannot exist on an island that's so homophobic, feeling that I was the only lesbian on that island. Right. Um, and so, you know, feeling like one, upward mobility, um, which is really hard for working class Jamaicans, which um, I was. And so I, I kind of was on this self-imposed exile from the country. So I left in 99 mm -hmm. and I visited once or twice, but then I, I returned again five years later in 2010. But when I landed, all these emotions that I ran from came back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the class, the race, all these dynamics, they all flooded back. And I remember saying to myself, you know what, this is like too much for me. And one thing I started doing was journaling. So I wrote outlines. So I went to my high school, and of course that Tandy character who's dealing with these insecure right. issues about her complexion, mm -hmm. that came back. So I started journaling about that. Um, then I met a guy who was a waiter in one of the resorts that we had to stay at because my mother told us, you know, you, you can't possibly return to Jamaica and stay at our house with, with this woman who you're mm. calling your, your partner. And so we stayed in a resort. And I met this man, this young man who was a waiter. And he had that mask, you know, like, oh, you know, welcome to our beautiful country. of um, this, this is a, the best island in Caracom, whatever. And I was like, you know what? You can remove that mask because I'm Jamaican and <laughs> right. I know where you're from. 
and I know they're not paying you enough to say this. Mm. And that really affected me a lot. And mm-hmm. so I also journaled that as well. And before I knew it, I had an outline up here comes the sun. You know, it's really a love letter to Jamaica and saying that we can actually expose our ugliness in order to preserve our beauty. Right. And um, in preserving our beauty, not forgetting the people behind the fantasy you know mm-hmm. who are the people responsible for a real good culture okay yeah and so this book now has taken you all over the world yes and i follow you on instagram yes so oh i see God. you're constantly traveling what's it yes. like to go home now with oh this book God. you know that has lesbian sex right. in it and like right. how are people uh Responding to it. Yeah, I'm so, um, I mean, let me knock on hardwood every time I say this. So far, I've had great responses from mm-hmm. Jamaicans there mm-hmm. at home. Like, I read twice in Jamaica, once at Calabash Literary Festival mm-hmm. um, last year, and then the other at Book Ophelia in Kingston. Okay. And both experiences were positive. In fact, upper-class Jamaicans were coming up to me saying, we identify with Tandy. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, they're, in the, they're identifying with Tandy, this working-class girl who's bleaching her skin to become lighter, to fit mm. in, to be one of them. How can you be identifying with this girl? And it turns out they'll tell me, well, you know what? In our society where we, we grew up, or in my family where I grew up, this and this and this happened because I didn't have the hair, or I didn't have the right eye color, mm. or I didn't have this. And so it turns out that it's really a human experience that they're connecting to, mm-hmm. you know, be it white, black, wherever they come from, seeing that, you know, as human beings, we have all been there in terms of feeling that we need to alter some part of ourselves right. to fit into a certain group. And that was what was happening. And so um, even the Margot, I noticed that Jamaicans themselves also came up to me saying that we love that relationship. You know, we saw, uh, you know, um, even my, my mother, who is highly homophobic, said to me, I don't like how Margot is treating Verdine. You know, like seeing that this is a <laughs> wow, love relationship. So that's, a, that's a lot of progress. Yeah, exactly, mom. exactly. And I noticed that a lot of other older Jamaican mm-hmm. people, right. they come to me knowing that, well, this is a relationship. This is love. If you ever experienced love or loss, this is what it looks like and right. feels like. And if they ever experienced that, they connected to that. So it's really it doesn't a, matter who it is. Exactly, exactly. And so I'm really happy that I was able to bridge that gap. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, so that your mom, you think your mom is still homophobic or is she accepting um, you and your wife now? She accepts me and my wife right now. And um, But the thing is that she has like her little um, things that she'll say, well, you know, I accept you and your wife. You're great people. But, you know, I just can't accept marriage, like that marriage, mm-hmm. which is not, right. you know, the definition by the church. Of, right, right, exactly. Right, right. So she'll have that. Um, she'll say things like that. But. You know, she'd still have us, you know, she'll come to our house, she'll stay over our house, you know, in Brooklyn. These are the things that will happen. Right. So it's yeah. progress. I mean, exactly. Like yeah, there, there are baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, a lot of people struggle with their parents. Right, in exactly. That way, you know? Yeah. It doesn't really matter where you're from. Right. Sadly. Yeah, because even here, right? The same oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So you're married. How long have you been married? Five years. Five years. Definitely. So, so tell me your, your love story. How did you guys meet? Oh, gosh. So we met um, at Columbia University. So mm-hmm. she was a doctoral student. And I started working as a public health researcher. Mm-hmm. Um, well, parading as one, really. <laughs> so I saw her. I was It was like really love at first sight wow. on my part because I saw her first. And um, it took me two weeks to talk to her. And when I finally really? did, that we connected via our research. But then um, it was interesting where when we started getting serious, she said to me, oh, you know, I noticed that you're writing all the time. Are you a writer or a researcher? And that was really when I started writing. So really it was her take, like seeing me for who I am in terms mm. of, you know, my passions, everything. And I'm like, you know that's what, that's a, a woman. That's exactly. I was like, that's a woman I would want to be with. So <laughs> sure. I've not looked back since. Mm. Yeah. 
So dating for nine and and married for five. Okay. Yeah. So then you are very well qualified to be on the right. show. Right. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> you don't have to be married to be on the show, everyone. All right, right. Saying, oh my gosh. Saying, you've been through some stuff. Yes. So, exactly. So you, you A lot. Some, some big sister. So let's go into the first question. Dear queer, my partner and I recently broke up and we live in the same house. Our lives are very intertwined to include raising a 12-year-old son. She is the birth mother. Getting right to the point, she has come to me for permission to see other women when in fact we are no longer in a relationship. She has also told me that she doesn't want me to move out because of how much we share together still and quite frankly, we both would suffer financially. We have discussed our breakup in length, but she also decided to discuss our relationship issues with a single lesbian female that she has become friends with. I suspected there was more to the friendship than what she admitted. She has told me that this woman has asked to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with her. My ex does not want a relationship with anyone, but just sex with different women. I have told her that I believe that this woman wants more, but she says that there have been no expectations whatsoever. I feel pissed off and disappointed at the fact that she talked to another woman about our problems, but most of all, it is a woman who is interested in her from the beginning. I'm very hurt and confused as to how I should handle this. I have to live with her in the same house until I can afford to move out, by the way. We also were engaged, and she wants to keep the ring. When I suggested I take it back, it's because I'm still paying for it. Thank you, lonely soul. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. I oh my gosh. I know. To live in the same house as your ex. You know, I feel like I'm not sure if it's true, but I feel like that's a very New York thing. Yeah. Because rent is so high. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's so hard to move, and it costs so much to exactly. move here with like broker's fee and down payment right. and all of that that people end up living and staying with their exes way yeah. longer than they should. I know. But you know, I feel like mentally though, man, that, this would definitely be torture mentally. So I would rather yeah. move back to my mother's homophobic house than, than be subjected <laughs> to this. Like, really? To me, like, to, it's like the devil you know versus the devil you do. And I feel like mm. this is a situation where I don't want to put myself through this kind of um, emotional abuse yes you know i agree um, with that yeah and so i would say probably you know if there's a, a close friend or a family member that you, you temporarily can like house this person i'd say go for that as yeah. opposed to staying yeah right so i mean that's yeah. only part of the question so i mean right. initially oh, right. we would oh, tell this person as well you and... know so there's a child and then yeah. also i kind of feel like the key word here is x you know, in terms of what she's doing with another person. Goodness. I mean, yes, you live together, but right. uh, it's over right? in some ways. Yeah, exactly. Um, so can't this other woman sleep with whoever she wants to? I would say yes. The woman can sleep with whoever she wants to. But, you know, it feels so fresh. You know, it feels like mm, this person is not yet feels over fresh. this person. So I feel like this person who's writing this shouldn't even be subjecting herself to this because I feel like, you know, she has clearly strong feelings for this woman. And yes, this woman has every right to move on and she has a right to move on too, but this situation seems like it's like an emotional torment. And of course, <laughs> yes. with the child, you know, children knows what's, go what's going on between mm -hmm, parents. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I would say for the child, as definitely moving out to at least give some space, you know, so that when they do connect as, as parents, 
there is like a good grounding in terms of you know um, being cordial as opposed to like all this tension as a result of this other murkier relationships going on around them. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, last but not least, the the engagement. The engagement. Oh, oh, well, that part I. Man. What do you think about that? When you give someone a ring, and the fact that you she's still paying up, for it, I know though, that's so shady. That's the thing. I feel really bad. Right? For her. If I were still paying for it, I would definitely demand my ring back. You know. And I think she should move out. Yeah. I mean, she In says the, yes, she doesn't exactly. want her to move out, but like you have to move out. Yeah. Come on. Your ex is sleeping with other people. Right. That would torment me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no matter like. No. The amount of years it takes you to be with your ex or to even yeah, um, meet them. There's like a ratio, right? There is it's a like, calculation, right? Like it takes you twice as many years twice to get as, over them, oh right? Oh, God, or I hope that's like not that. true. <laughs> that's what I heard. If that's true, I'm still getting right? over like, you know, my first girlfriend. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> something. I know it has to do something. I, I could no. like, yeah, my wife is a statistician. So she's like, you know, oh, in the, oh. the research-based in that in that capacity. But I am just get like. Get back to us on the numbers. Exactly, yeah. I'll have to get back to you on the numbers. <laughs> but I know that there is some kind of Space needed to get over people. Definitely space. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, please just rent a room. Like, right. Rent Somewhere. A small, a yeah. 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 All right. Well, Lonely Soul, I hope that helps. Yes. All right. Let's move on to number two. Dear Queer, I am a 25 year old bisexual woman. I have kissed a few women in college, but have never slept with a woman. I really want to continue to explore my sexuality and date women, but I'm afraid that when I reveal that I have never slept with a woman, people will not be interested. Also, I'm nervous to tell women that I'm involved with that I might be bisexual for fear of them rejecting me. How Aww. should I break the news? Are women interested in dating bisexual women? Aww. Thank you. Bye on the sly. Well, you know, let me say, it's a two-edged sword, right? Because I was actually in one of those categories in terms of, like, oh, my God, like, fear of bisexual women, like, don't touch oh, them. Oh, really? Right. When I was younger, though. Uh-huh. But then as, as the more you get older, the more you realize that sexuality is fluid, mm-hmm. and there mm-hmm. are women who have had significant relationship with men, but it does not mean that they can't be with you emotionally and physically as well. Right. And not want anything else, you know. So I feel like the person who is worth it should would get it, you know. Right. You know, so I don't think, um, I feel like um, buy on the sly. You'll find somebody who would love you for who you are, somebody who would accept your story, you know, your narrative without judging you. And I think that's the important person. Right to be with as opposed to that's those the only person you. to be with. exactly right? exactly the only yeah. person i love that what you just said though is like accepts and loves your narrative right you yeah know? exactly because you are who you are right and your experience is has brought you to where you are in your point in life exactly so if they can't accept that or don't want to be a part of that right then like, that's not, no. not important then they're not the right person yeah for you. exactly End of story yeah and I, you're 20, she's 25 years old. So yeah, she's, she's, she's just a lot starting. Oh my exactly. God. Right. So she's a just baby. Starting. Right. So she'll learn. She'll learn. Yeah. Definitely. And it's sad too because she's like, how should I break the news? Like, it's oh, like, come on. like, it's so right. terrible. Like a, right. And I think right. people in her age range, if she's dating in her age range, are like so fluid. Right. Now. Exactly. Like, the t- definitions, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm a, I'm a dyke or I'm a lesbian or like, yeah, femme anymore. It's right. like it's not very like gender stuck. queer. Exactly. You know, the millennials. Yeah, I know. And I know. They're very free. <laughs> There's millennials. Free. They're free. <laughs> They're and even if she, let's say, like, you know, like, this is 
is a long stretch here. Let's say she's a millennial, but she wants yeah. to date a woman who's significantly older. Yes, yes. You know, that, that's fine, too. If that woman's going like, to accept her for who she is, you know, without any questions, you right. know, because I feel like it. that happens as well, where, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, we hear about Madonna and J-Lo and their, like, yes. affection for the younger, <laughs> you know, the millennials. Uh-huh. So let's say she does meet one of those people who are in that box. Mm-hmm. You know, that it would be important for them to also accept who she is, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are probably less afraid of dating bisexual women and more afraid of being somebody's first. Hmm. You know, right? I would say I feel like there's a yeah. lot of responsibility. To there's be a lot of responsibility. Like a new lesbian's first yeah. lover. You're right. You're right. You know, not that it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. But like not everybody's into being the first. The guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting because I'm from the, a culture, um, very misogynistic culture, where mm-hmm. men they prey on young, on mm, the young, right? So they would want to be a, a young girl first. They want to be the first. Yeah. So you know, wow. freaking girls from as young as they're like 13 years old, for example. Mm, yeah. And I said to myself, man, you know, the, well, of course, these, like, to me, in, in my eyes, these are walking pedophiles on the street. Mm. But um, in terms of, like, a woman who is emotionally capable, um, like a 25-year-old woman, and saying that, well, you know, I don't want to burden somebody with being the first kind right, of thing. Right. You know, to also remove that fear from her mind, because who knows, like, like we said before, the right person mm-hmm. would not even think about that per se right. or even be um, have any insecurity towards that. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think so, too. Find the person that loves your narrative. Right. That's right. going to be your uh, T-shirt. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. For your I book like tour. That. Come on. I like that. All right, great. So, bye on the sly. We wish you much luck. Go out there, be brave, and do your thing. Anybody who's really going to love you is going to love you for you. Yes. That's a classic. Exactly. And anyone else, cut them to the sly. Right. On to number three. Dear Queer, I grew up in a small Midwestern town and stayed in the Midwest for college. After years of longing to move to New York City, I finally made my dream come true and arrived six months ago. Because I was in the closet, I never had a relationship and was so excited to finally begin dating and finding the man of my dreams, or at least a man for right now. I met P at a popular gay bar in the city. He was charming, sweet, and was patient with my lack of knowledge of all things New York. After our first night together, he ghosted me until three weeks ago when he called to tell me he has herpes and that I probably do too. I am devastated. I just got here and already I feel like my life is ruined. How do I begin to date other people now that I'm infected? Signed, sad as hell. Oh, Oh, man. My heart. My heart. Sad. Yeah, um, so sad as hell. I'm sorry. First of all, I'm really sorry about this herpes infection. You know, again, yeah. seems like a very young person, Midwest, yeah. you know, and then coming here just to be in New York City. That's a hard news to get. Like, That's come really on. Because, you know, most of us come here just to live, like, just, just to, to be free. Just to survive and be yeah. free, for sure, be free. Exactly. And now he, this herpes just sounds like a death sentence. Yeah. But which I it's not, say, which I would which say. Which is not. And it's I, not sad as hell. Yeah. Herpes is not a death sentence. I think many, many people go on to have sex like, lives, relationships, relationships yeah. marriage, whatever it is you want. You know, yeah. your, I'm gonna your life is I'm going to say what I said to buy on the slide. I'm going to say, you know, first of all, get the test, you know, yeah, get for the sure. treatment. Be sure. Yep. Right. Just, uh, yeah. And um, also, you know, 
long long term in terms of me meeting someone and being as open as possible with that person, but knowing that the right person would not judge, you know, mm. um, or look down on you because of certain experiences or certain things that happened to you when you were younger. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I think, you know, still have New York City in your mind as that place where you could be who you are or yeah. who you want to be. But knowing that when you meet the right people, this is not going to even be a thing, you know. And also when you get the, the treatment, if there is a possibility, um, if you could go to the nearest clinic and yep. at least Callen see Lord. for yourself. Callen Lord. Callen Lord. Is amazing Planned Parenthood. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which I, I I mean, that Planned Parenthood is dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. Like when I first moved to New York City, that was one of the places where I got treatment for a lot of things, given that I didn't have health insurance as yet. Right. Um, little places like that. Oh, City MD. City MD. Right. Yes, yes, yeah. For sure. Little places like that you could go and, you know, see for yourself what's really going on and then determine mm -hmm. you know whether or not this is something that you should you know be worried about right and yeah. i would also recommend you know that there are support groups right to help you i'm sure the Definitely. you know the gay and lesbian center on 13th street yeah. has support groups to help people they do you know, deal with this type of right you know infection yeah because it is i mean it is going to affect your life. There's no cure, right? Really, for herpes, but you can still have a happy and full life. Exactly, like we we're saying. So. Exactly. In terms of telling people, how do you begin to date other people? I do think, you know, you have to tell people. But yeah, you know, which is challenging, so especially if you have this scare. It's important for you to tell people and not be the person who somebody else is calling you to check if you are the one who gave it to them. You know, right. you just want to be right. as, as be safe as possible. Right. Communication. Communication. Yeah. Yeah. Is a key. Definitely. So sad as hell. Just do everything we said. Yes, yes. And can I add to because I yeah. um, I actually did HIV research at Columbia before um venturing into this realm as author. Right, right. Of Here Comes the Sun. But you know, I met so many different guys in the city. You know, we actually looked into men who have sex with men in New York City area. Mm -hmm. Meeting so many eighteen year olds, they were so young with bright eyes in terms of what the city could give them mm -hmm. and then, you know, catching like HIV and not knowing what to do with themselves afterwards. And, you know, us having to tell them that there is still life after all these right. things, just getting the right treatment, just pinpointing the right resources in the city. And there are a lot. Um, and Robin, you had mentioned Kyle Lord. There's mm -hmm. also Ali Forney. There's also um, various places where you could get tested, but also, they will give you the, the things to keep you safe, you know. This is a city where you're going to meet so many different people. So it's all in, in addition to the communication, it's also keeping yourself safe as well. Right. Yeah, so I just wanted to um, add that too. Well, yeah, right. but thank you. For <laughs> thank you. So thank you so much for coming on today. Um, what's up next for you? Oh my gosh! So I so after this break, I'm um, teaching a low residency program at Wilts University, and um, where's that? It's in Pennsylvania, okay. actually, and it, it should be fun. You know, it's a it's a week. It's um you know people who want to catch up on the craft of writing, and so you know I'll give them those tools and then go back to Brooklyn and hopefully be in contact with them. But mostly it's like a writers retreat. And so that's really it. And then really most of the things I've have I have coming up is in Brooklyn or New York City. Okay. So, so are, be, you gonna be be are you gonna be reading? Are you gonna be reading soon? I'll be reading. What's yes. your next uh, date? So my next reading will actually be at um, Revolution Revolution Bookstore in Harlem, followed by Franklin Park reading series in Brooklyn. So, you know, you guys can look out for that. Yeah, so well. and what's your website? We'll get it. So it's um it's NicoleDennisBen.com. No, no slashes or anything. That's NicoleDennisBen.com. And I update. Um, every time I have a, an event, you'll, you'll know for Great. sure. And the book is Here Comes the Sun. Here Comes the Sun. 
which and is an amazing read. Yes. So catch up because yeah. everyone else has read it. Oh. You don't want to be left out. Yes, thank you. All right, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me, Robin. You've been listening to Dear Queer. If you need our help, please send us an email at dearqueerradio at gmail.com. Dear Queer is part of the Brick Radio family. For more information, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio.